Hello, 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 and welcome to Reels in the Round on a Rectangular Table. I like alliteration. Reels in the Round <laughs> on a Rectangle just makes sense to me. Uh, well, with your hosts, Ronan. And, and Kirk. Okay. Kirk. And today, or this month, is February. Yeah. And it is Black History Month. All month long. Yeah. Yep. And tomorrow, actually, uh, Thursday the 8th of February... Uh, Perseverance rover is scheduled to land on Mars at 3.55 p.m. Eastern Standard Eastern Time. Eastern Standard Time, okay. Yeah. At and NASA, by the way. Yeah. At NASA or on Mars? Huh? Or on Mars, but brought to you by NASA. Gotcha. And they are... Um, I had a question. Okay. Uh, oh, you said there's a live stream. Yes. Where do we find that? How do we, how do we watch that? Uh, I'll put the link to the YouTube live stream down in the description Awesome. No, I, I want to check that out. That sounds interesting. And uh, this rover, it is going to be like co- like digging into the surface of Mars to collect like the rocks and things. Doing core samples. Is it then yeah. sending them back or is it doing analysis and sending analysis back? Neither, actually. From what I've heard from Mark Rober, one of like the former scientists from NASA or like former engineers from NASA. Okay. This robot or this rover that they're sending to Mars is just picking up samples and dropping them, kind of like pooping them out. Okay. And NASA's going to make another robot or rover that goes to Mars and picks up the samples and brings them back. Interesting. I don't know that's the most efficient way to do it. Or no. Or like what you said by like just analyzing the samples. But My question would be, that seems to me that what it's doing is it's going to, I, I'm guessing, super guessing, I'm not smart. Uh, it's picking up samples, it's processing them some in some way, and something is going to come later. Maybe it's testing a terraforming ability, like if we take the soil and we add nutrients and then wait a year, it, that would make sense why you'd you'd enrich the student and poop it out and yeah. see what happens. <laughs> that would be an interesting way to test terraforming. I don't know that that's what they're doing. I'm just saying I've seen Treasure Planet and, uh, <laughs> you know. It's good. That does make sense. It does. I don't know that that's what they're doing. I'm not smart. I mean, we'll see tomorrow. We will on the live stream. We will. So. Why are we bringing up NASA there, Ronan? With bringing up NASA and Black History Month, we watched Hidden Figures. We did. Now, Hidden Figures, for anyone that doesn't know, is it it dives in deep, and we take a look at the three uh, scientists or engineers, math people, ladies, that like brought NASA not together, but they were like they were like an extremely big help to uh, getting the first man in space for the U.S. Yeah, for, you know they got John Glenn into space. I will say that uh, with the rest of the uh, publicly educated individuals in the United States, <laughs> before this movie came out, I had absolutely no idea this happened. Since oh, yeah. watching the movie, which I will say I really enjoyed, I, I this is good storytelling. It is great storytelling. Um, I have since researched a lot, and I do that every time. You know, anytime there's a biopic or a historical pick, mm-hmm. whether it's about P.T. Barnum with The Greatest Showman, or or Hidden Figures, or Ray, or Johnny Cash Walk the Line, Ford versus Ferrari, or Ford versus Ferrari. The first thing I do is hit Wikipedia like it owes me money, <laughs> like and and start searching down and and checking references and figuring out how true is true and what scenes were Hollywood and what scenes mm-hmm. weren't. Um, this movie did take some very obvious um, liberties okay. for, for a few different reasons. and But for the most part, 
it was it was true. It was mm-hmm. uh, I mean. All the cool parts, all the parts that made you like warm inside were cool, and all the parts that pissed you off, those were true too. Um, wait, what did you think of the movie? Well, before we get into that, let's okay. kind of steer away, but steer in the correct direction. Okay. Talking about writing, ah. the writer of Hidden Figures was Allison Schroeder. Schroeder, yeah. If I'm saying that wrong, sorry. And. She also wrote Mean Girls 2, Christopher Robin. I'm sorry, wait a minute. There was a Mean Girls 2? Yeah, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) But Mean Girls 2, Christopher Robin, Frozen 2, and upcoming Minecraft. Okay, first off, that movie doesn't need to exist. (laughs) I love me some Minecraft, but listen, people. Enough is enough. Angry Birds was a crappy movie. Angry Birds 2 was a crappier movie. And plus Emoji Movie too. No, for the record, I didn't hate the Emoji Movie. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, I wanted to hate it, and I hate all movies, really, that are animated. <laughs> I just, I, but, like, my kids enjoyed it, and it's a movie that I will let be on in my presence and not, like, be angry about it. I see. Uh, mean Girls 2 didn't know existed. Christopher Robin was good. I liked it a lot. Um, what was the other one you said? Frozen 2. Frozen 2 was fine. It was, fi- I mean, I have four daughters <laughs> and one Velociraptor. Um, and and it's just impossible to like any of those movies because they get so nauseating oh, yeah. so fast. Uh, but the Minecraft movie, that just sounds <laughs> awful. 2021. No. <laughs> They're in post-production already. Hard pass. <laughs> it's an animated movie. They're always in post-production. They're like, uh, the, the, like, true. like the entire <laughs> thing is done on computers. There's I mean, like, not the sound recording, I would think. That would, uh, that that would, would be, be the production. Of, yeah, yeah, that would be, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so director was Theodore Melfi, another fun last name to say. Yes, it is. I know we've had a couple of those. Yep. Uh, St. Vincent, Going in Style, and El Camino Christmas. Classic cinema right there, all of them. Uh, for actors. Hit me. actresses. Yep. I'm probably going to say like a bunch of these wrong, but. Probably. My apologies. It's Costner. Kevin Costner. That's not the one I was going to say wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But you got Terji Henson. And she's also an Empire, Karate Kid, Hostile, and Flow. Let's try that again. Spell it for me. T-A-R-A-J-I. Okay. I've heard the name said. I I don't want to blow it. It's Taraji. Taraj. Yeah. But yeah, she's the mom in in the next Karate, Karate Kid movie. Yeah. Yep. And then you got Octavia Spencer. Okay. Uh, Onward, Doolittle, The Help, The Shack. Yep. She's amazing. You got Je- Janelle? Sure. Janelle? Janelle. And then Monet. Janelle Monet. Yeah, yes. I'm sorry, yeah. And surprisingly enough, she's not like known as an actress. What is she known for? She's a singer. Okay. And she's wrote like songs for different movies. And you didn't know that before this? No, I did not. Okay. Did you? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is why we're doing the show. It's educational for that is one true. of us. But she's also in Moonlight and Rio 2. Oh, yeah, Rio 2. Classic cinema there. Good. <laughs> I feel like you're joking with that I one. I am joking with that one. <laughs> and then you got, uh, as Kirk thought I was going to mispronounce this one, Kevin, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner and Kirsten Dunst. Well, we're not we're not on to her yet, aren't we? Okay, <laughs> but Kevin Costner, Batman. What, did, what do you know Kevin Costner for? Batman v Superman. That's what you know Kevin <laughs> Costner for, Mister Costner. <laughs> if you see this, I am sorry. 
Not that you're in Batman v Superman. Like, you know, you needed a paycheck. I mean, that's also another controversial movie there, too. But th- this young man <laughs> knows your body of work for Batman v Superman. I am sorry. He was also in Man, Man of Steel. I'm aware. <laughs> Those yeah. might be the most insignificant roles he's played. <laughs> the man played Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. He was in Field of Dreams, the best baseball movie ever made. And if you're like, that's not the best baseball movie, it doesn't matter because whatever other baseball movie you're about to say, Kevin Costner was also in that one. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think I've seen that one, but the first baseball movie that comes to mind is Sandlot. Okay, he's not in that one. <laughs> That's the one baseball movie worth watching that he is not in. He's in for the love of the game. He's in like the like. I, the, good God, man, Kevin Costner. Like, I love you. He was in Dances with Wolves. He was the postman in The Postman, which is a post a post apocalyptic film that gets way more heat than it deserves. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't good, but it wasn't nearly as bad as people thought it was, and it suffered from very specific issues, not holistic issues. Kevin Costner, sir. I love your work. The fact that he knows you from (laughs) Batman and Superman, I'm so sorry. Continue. Uh, Like Kirk said earlier on, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Spider-Man series. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It's true. Yeah. Is that what you know her from? Of course, yeah. (laughs) Ms. Dunst. You are my exact age. Like, almost to the month. So allow me to say that Bring It On changed my life in a very formative way. Um... (laughs) No, Kirsten Dunst, Whatever It Takes, I love that movie so much. It's not a good movie. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's Myla Kunis, Kirsten Dunst, Ben Foster, um, Shane West. It is a classic of trashy 90s, early 2000s <laughs> cinema that I just adore. Kirsten Dunst, who got her start. You know who her first kiss was? No. Brad Pitt. Oh, wow. Do the math on that one. If she is my age. Is Brad Pitt my age? I don't think so, no. No, she was 12. Oh, jeez. She played a vampire in Interview with the Vampire, and she had to kiss Brad Pitt. Uh, <laughs> had to. But, like, no, she, she's done interviews about how it was not a cool experience because he was a grown man. He was in his, yeah. he was in his late 20s, and she was 12. Yeah, and yeah. it was a romantic scene, which was kind of awkward. Weird. Yeah. Which was the whole point of the scene, for the record. Yeah. But, uh, no, Kirsten Dunst got her start as, uh, as a vampire in Interview with a Vampire. And has been crushing it for my entire, our entire, because again, she's my age, uh, our entire lives. And I loved how much I hated her in this film. I see. She was, she nailed person that I wanted to slap. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just like, the fact that I am so mad at you right now is a testament to your skills as an actress. Yeah. And then, uh, last one I have on here is Jim Parsons. Oh my God, and he crushed this. Time for you and the audience to hate me. You've or, never seen Big Bang Theory. So no, it's not that. Okay. Or to be annoyed by me. That because that's a constant state. <laughs> All the time. Because every time I'm probably gonna mention him, mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna mention him as Sheldon. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> okay, good. I, no, you're not gonna bother me on that. <laughs> okay. I will actually say that. So, so Jim Parsons, I have actually seen as other things. Uh, I uh, I saw him in Garden State. Before he was ever um, Sheldon. Sheldon. I, see. I will say that I was really worried for his sake that he crushed being Sheldon so well <laughs> and has such a particularly distinct visual style, which is mm-hmm. to say that. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> that I was really, really worried for him 
Uh, there are people out there like Jaleel White who played Steve Urkel, or I don't remember, I don't remember his real name, but he played the son on the original Beverly, Beverly Hillbillies, uh, Jethro. Uh, uh, no, Jethro's the father. I don't remember. Played the son. There are people that get into these roles and they play them so well that no one can ever take them seriously. They get typecast. Yeah. And I was really, really worried that Jim Parsons, and maybe he still will, but I will say that this character in uh, Hidden Figures, he did a remarkably good job of playing a way more believable version of Sheldon. <laughs> like the non-caricature where in this he was a bureaucrat scientist. He wasn't yeah. a nerd. He wasn't on the spectrum. He wasn't like, oh my gosh, I want to hit you. He was just a white collar bureaucratic middle management jackass that you wanted to slap in a totally normal way, not an angry like... Cr and I was really, he could have played, he could have overplayed his hand. He could yeah. have, and he didn't. And I'm really hoping that Hidden Figures proves to uh, open up roles for him that are not Sheldon. Because <laughs> the only other role that I can think of him in, other than like Garden State, uh, where he plays a knight at Medieval Times, um, is like he plays the, the, the human version of the Muppet in in the Muppet movie, which yeah. again is reinforcing the Sheldon, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm hopeful for Mr. Parsons that he can break <laughs> free of Sheldon. As much as I have seen Big Bang Theory every episode. Oh yeah, I love times. that show. But yeah, but um, yeah, talking about that, like one of the best parts. I, I, I wouldn't really say best parts, but talking about Sheldon as we'll mm -hmm. probably probably both just call him Sheldon from now you on. Could, I mean, his his he did have a name in in the movie. Yeah, it was Mr. Paul. Paul um, Stratford? Stratford? Yeah, Sta Stafford. Stafford. Yeah, Paul Stafford. Stafford. Yep. But Sheldon to us. Yeah. But anyways. Mr. Sheldon. Just seeing Sheldon get completely owned when it comes to math was just the funniest it, thing ever. And again, back to the acting skills. Yeah. He didn't, he played that, I, I work with very intelligent people mm -hmm. all the time. I work with, the, you know, here at, here at uh, our company, we work with innovators, with with scientists. We work in the, to help people that are way too smart communicate to people that are less smart. That's what we do. Yeah. And I will say that he played embarrassed academic perfectly. Like yeah. Big Bang Theory plays these guys up as like more far more like the top one percent. Well, still when it comes to intelligence. Yes, but even if we assume that both Paul Stafford and Sheldon Cooper are both in that top one percent. Mm -hmm. The Big Bang Theory is caricatures, and they are, they throw tantrums, and they might be they throw tantrums. Whereas, mm -hmm. like I've been in rooms where people have been owned like that, and yeah, he played that perfectly. The yes. the the anger slash indignant slash look. You don't have to check these numbers; these have been checked by the top two percent, <laughs> top, top two scientists in the world. And she's like, "That's nice. They're wrong." She didn't yeah. say that, but like, no, that movie. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. With, I want to point out the writing, and I know we talked about this on our episode with Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. How, like, to get like the script or the movie perfect, some directors or writers might change. As you, uh, I think you pointed out the um, the Pearl Harbor addresser. December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Yes. The day that will live in infamy. He wanted to change the most famous speech ever given. Yeah. Yes. In, in this movie, they actually used clips mm -hmm. from the uh, the the rocket. Uh, yeah, they used stock launch. footage. They used real stock footage from it. Yeah. Yes. 
which I thought was pretty impressive. Like, not, like, because I don't think we saw any of that in Ford versus Ferrari. We it's, didn't. It was weird, actually. I uh, the, the absence of, especially since back in the 60s, they were filming a lot of these races. Mm-hmm. The fact that no stock footage of the real cars, like, it felt like a missed opportunity to me. Yeah. And Hidden Figures just did a whole bunch of it. And I think yeah. it fit perfectly. I will say, I don't want to go too down the rabbit hole. I want to stay on Hidden Figures. But the two yep. movies, well, one's a miniseries and one's a movie. The the two examples of that that I think I, to this day, am in awe of how they did it mm-hmm. was, um, first is a movie called The Dreamers. It's NC-17, but you can get a P- an R-rated version of it. It's called <laughs> The Dream- Dreamers. It has Michael Pitt and Ava Green and other actors. Um and it takes place in the seven in the sixties, seventies in um, Paris. Okay, but it takes place in and around real events. Now, not all the characters are real, mm-hmm. but it's basically like a historical fiction. And so there are scenes, like there's this one scene in particular, where they're at the palace, uh, which is a movie theater. Yeah, they're at the palace in Paris, and there's a uh, there's a demonstration outside, and they got the real guy that was speaking into a megaphone and they got him dressed the same way and so and they got him to give the same speech again and they intercut it between Michael Pitt being on the street like looking at this guy and it's him up there and he looks like an old man and it keeps cutting back to like literally like little jump cuts to yeah. old 8 and 16 millimeter stock movie feels of that same guy doing the same mannerisms doing mm-hmm. the same speech and I'm like this might be the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, that sounds good. Good God. Yeah. The Dreamers, check it out. The other one is, I can't remember what it's called, but it's on Hulu, I believe, or Amazon. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It's the six or eight part uh, miniseries on Hugh Hefner's life. Okay. And it's like one third documentary, one third recreation, one third. So like when he goes on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson's obviously dead. Mm-hmm. So they have this, they have this camera in the background where you see Johnny way out of focus at his desk in the background, and the actor playing Hugh Hefner is talking next, talking backstage, and we see they're like, and now Hugh Hefner, and you see him walk towards it and get out of focus and out of focus and out of focus, yeah. and he sits down, and in the background you can see a television, and on the television is the real interview oh, that's cool. with Hugh Hefner. So it's so through while you're watching it, Hugh Hefner on screen is always the real Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner in recreations is all it. And so they do this amalgamation. That's really cool. But yes, they did some similar things in hidden figures where they were playing with, with stock footage to replace recreations that were just brilliant. And then talking about like going with history, even uh, Jim Johnson, I believe was that his name? I don't remember which character. Sergeant Johnson. It's a lot easier. Oh, the husband. Yes. Yeah. That was actually the the same exact name as her husband. You mean they cast a person with the same name as her real life? Yeah. Yes. I mean, they named yeah. his. They 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 yeah. gave the husband the real name. Yeah. Yeah. I was just impressed by that. I don't know. No, I mean it, it's a it's, <laughs> but like it's a story realism. about you know, it's it's a story about real people. So they yeah. used now. I will say this, which I understand why they did it. It was a necessity. It was a necessity to do. Are you talking about the church or? No, no. Answer me this. Okay. Uh, I don't remember his name. Kevin Costner's character, mm-hmm. Kirsten oh, Dunst. Harrison. Harrison. Yep. Kirsten Dunst's character, whose name I can't remember. Secretary. Either. Secretary. That's or not. Mitchell. Mitchell, or, or Mrs. Mitchell. Mrs. Mitchell, Paul Stafford, or Harrison. Those three people. Okay. Are they real people? 
I really want to say they aren't. They are not. Oh. They are not. So the uh, the three hidden figures, the three black women, were very, very, very real people. Yeah. Uh, and all of their accomplishments in the movie were not exaggerated. And in fact, I read for several hours today, many, many, most accounts of people that worked there at the time were like, yeah, this is more or less how it went down. Like some scenes were a little That's bit it. more dramatic. Some scenes were a little bit less dramatic. But this is fairly accurate to the way it it was. However, mm-hmm. the um, Harrison, Stafford, and Mitchell. Mitchell, they were amalgamations of six to eight people each that I embodied see. general attitudes. So Harrison was more or less the embodiment of all the people that were kind of good, and Stafford was kind of all the people that were kind of a dick. Yeah. And Mitchell were all the other women, and then the other woman, the redheaded woman, I don't remember her name, uh, the secretary that was really nice. The, the other comp, uh, the other there was another female on the working floor, a redheaded female that was fairly decent to her, whose name I have forgotten. Um, she also wasn't a specific real person. She was, so they all of the named all of the the main characters on the on the mains were just kind of amalgamations that helped tell the story because it was too many people. And if you'd had that many characters, it would have been too hard to keep the story. Yeah. So Harrison was all the management that was pro uh, letting the, uh, the, the, the African-American women work. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the Paul Stafford character was kind of all of the butthurt engineers that yeah. <laughs> didn't want that. Ms. Mitchell uh, was, was kind of the, the women that were, I loved the scene. Let me just take a moment to tangent off of my own tangent. <laughs> I'm so bad with names. The scene where she's talking to the other woman who's been applying for supervisor over and over, the one that was in the help. Um, oh, you're talking about Dorothy. Dorothy. Yes. The scene where she says, you know... In the bathroom? Yes. Like, despite yep. how it might look, I don't have anything against you people. I said it because she said it. Um, and, and she says, I believe that you believe that. And yes. walked out. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I was like, but that's an absolutely... Because yes, of course she did. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, of course she had... Like, of course she was racist. Of course she was... Yeah. She's like, you know, I don't have anything against you people. And she's like, I believe that you believe that. I'm like... Oh my gosh. Like so burn. I know. Um I will say that Jeff I was watching it this morning and Jeff heard me screaming from my office a few times. <laughs> like, holy shit, I hope that really happened. Like, like, damn it, I hope that really happened. Uh but you never know. I'm a I'm a professional storyteller vis-a-vis liar. <laughs> You're paid to lie, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm paid to lie about things. But there were a few moments in that movie that I just I want them to be true. I want I want that level of badassery to have been accurate. <laughs> I want I and and in truth, did it happen? I don't know. Like I want the scene where she screams about not having a string of pearls. Oh yeah, and, and about having to having to walk half a mile to to use the restroom. I want that to have been a public thing like that. But it probably wasn't. It probably wasn't. I don't. I don't all. know. I'd love to find out that I was right. I'm wrong. I did okay. a bunch of googling today, and. The most I could find was from staffers at the time, other people that were in the rooms, mm-hmm. basically saying, yeah, no, I mean, it was a good representation of kind of what went down. But but direct because those people weren't real, yeah. the, those there was no one that would really definitively confirm or deny anything in particular. I see. Um, I mean, it was signed off on by the the, uh, the by the hidden figures. By yeah. The, 
so the best we can say is that it was mostly true, but like there were some of those moments that were just, oh my gosh, I want them to have been like so true. And, and I, <laughs> I hope they are. Now, one one of the things that, I mean, I wish was true. I don't know if it was, may have been, but the whole like Harrison taking down the bathroom sign. That's one of the scenes I was screaming. Coffee. I really was wanting, uh, the, like, I want this to be true. So, so that one isn't? or I don't know. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't find any. It's like, I want to, well, first off, Harrison didn't do it. Harrison yeah. didn't exist. It's multiple people. But, but. but I wanted to find something where, no, Jim, Jim P. Johnson really did take a crowbar and say, you know, we all pee the same color <laughs> yep. and knock down a sign. I want that to be true. Even though, like, after hearing him say that, I was like, depends on how much water he drank. Yeah, it's but... true. <laughs> I'm a very hydrated individual, really. Yeah. So, like, when I say I don't see color, um, <laughs> that was a bad joke. Um, no, I will say that one of the things that just... I was born in the early 80s, so I'm... And even now... I'm not saying we are a post-racist society. We super-duper aren't. We, we super aren't. But I will say that watching this movie was really difficult in a lot of ways. That I'm, like, shaking my head. It's like, why does it matter? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're like, you know, you colored women. And this. I was like, why, why are we? Like, I don't. She's smarter than you. <laughs> She's smarter than me. And I have no <laughs> problem admitting that. I, um, like, the scene at the very beginning when they're getting. When, oh, when the cop? When the cop pulls yeah. up. And they're like, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with having your car broke down. You know, there's nothing wrong with being yeah. black either. And and that whole interchange and how nervous they were and how uncomfortable they were, I I had to like talk myself down a couple. I was, I was like, I have no sense of memory for that. I'm so appalled that that's something that people go through. I'm so appalled how real that is. I'm not dismissing yeah. it. I'm not saying like whatever. That no, like I know their fear being three black women on the side of the road in the in Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> in Virginia in the 60s was not a safe place to be. For the record, it's not entirely a safe place to be now. Um <laughs> as we sit in northern Virginia, that story took place 25 miles from here. Mm-hmm. Um well, Kind of, but I... NASA Center is not where... It, it was at Langley, which is 25 yeah. miles from here. I was going to say that it wasn't filmed in Virginia. That's not what I said. I said that story well, took yeah. place, not that, yeah. that shot, movie was shot. Yeah. For the record, the movie The Remember the Titans took place 15 minutes from here and was shot in North Carolina. <laughs> like, um, no, that story took place yeah. down the street from here. And watching it, I was, I was like super uncomfortable with how uncomfortable and like... Because I know the racism is real. And, and I, I just don't get it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, again, I mean, check my privilege. I am an upper middle class, like cisgendered white guy. Like I, uh, you know, <laughs> like the, the, the world has always been kind of catered to, to my ilk and I'm ashamed of that. But, um, watching this movie, it was epic and I want it to be perfectly true. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I wish that it didn't have to be a movie we, that got made because these women should have never been hidden. They should have been on the front page. They should have, yes. Like, there should have been a picture of John Gledden giving Catherine a hug. Like, the, like those scenes. The whole tell the woman, t- ask the girl to check the numbers. Like, oh, instead of the computer? Right. Like, check like, the numbers of the computer? Yeah like, yeah, like, if she says I'm good to go, I'm good to go. I want that to have been true. Yes. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But, like, it makes me happy 
to think that happened. Mm-hmm. The, that John Glenn broke the rope line to go make sure that he said hello to all the women at the end, all the computers at the end. Yeah. I want that to have happened. I, I don't know. And I was on, like I said, I, I spent about an hour Googling today. <laughs> and and everything I found was like, yeah, it was more or less true. But I couldn't find like, yes, no, yes, no, did happen, didn't happen articles. If you find one. Please let us know. Please let us know. In the comments down below. In the comments below. Because I would love to see it. Yes. Yeah, you were talking about, like, how, like, kind of, like, immersed you were. Yeah. And, like, you were, like, yelling at the TV. Oh, my gosh, so yelling. Everything. That's another thing that's good about the writing as well. And, yes. Because, yeah, I was watching it last night, and, like, I felt like I was in all the action. Like, Like, I was, I don't know if I should say this, but I was, like, almost practically in tears for two parts of the movie. Okay. One where she got engaged, and then interesting. Okay, two. Well, I, I have seen it before, but I forgot that that was happening, and I had no clue what that whole dinner was about until then. Okay. So, but and then the second when John Glenn went into space successfully, or it landed successfully, I yeah. should say. Oh, I I will say, interesting because I I am an emotional individual, and I am I am not. It is not uncommon for something to bring me to tears. Mm-hmm. This didn't. This movie didn't well me up at any point. But I will say that I got angry <laughs> at this movie way more than I did. Like when when uh, when Dorothy got kicked out of the library, I mm-hmm. was furious. I was like, "You, you stupid piece of like, oh, oh. like when when Dorothy got kicked out of the library, I was angry. When like um. There was a few scenes that I was just like the the injustice, the understanding of the reality of the injustice truly bugged me. And yeah. and I tend to be a little bit more like eh, it's a story or eh, life sucks for everybody or eh. like I tend to be a little bit more disconnected from my stories. But this <laughs> one, the 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 injustice they were fighting against and the level of badassery that they were uh, uh, conveying while doing it, mm-hmm. I, I so amazed. I no, I thank you for suggesting this particular film because I I really enjoyed it. It was very, very fun. My pleasure. Now I do have a question for you. Hit me. And I mean not really, that might hurt. Uh, yeah, it would, but I don't know why I didn't think about this question two weeks ago with Ford versus Ferrari, but it's kinda of on the same lines. And you've worked with a couple like on movie sets before. Many. And my question is, how hard is it to to make a movie like back in a day, like an old oh, type of movie. That's a really good question. Like, I know like clothing and so much bigger than that. All that is will be easy to do, but like location wise, so much and All that and cars even. Like, how are they able to do all that? <sighs> I could literally <laughs> teach a master's class on this. So, um, First, I'll start with this, and this is first a lesson to you. We were talking about screenwriting earlier today. Yeah. Also, for anyone that happens to be watching that might be getting into screenwriting, one of my screenwriting teachers once said to me something that of all the classes I've taught and t- and taken and taught and all of the things I've learned and done, this single, single lesson mm-hmm. remains remarkably true, and that is specifics cost money. If you are writing and you say a car drives down the road, it's cheap. Simple, yeah. Car. If you say a black car drives down the road, okay, still probably cheap. 
And like, most cars are black. Or, I mean, or, or <laughs> if you're going to get rent a car. Like a pink car or, or so. Or, but if you say, yeah, if you, if you say a hot pink car, okay, you just spent some money. Because now that's not something you, you that is something you had to make. Mm-hmm. I worked on High School Musical too, and one of the scenes is Sharpay pulling up to the, uh, uh, pulling up to the resort in a hot pink Mustang convertible. <laughs> That didn't happen on accident. We had to do that. Mm-hmm. We had to. It was vinyl wrapped. We we went and we I rented see. a Mustang convertible and we vinyl wrapped it. But mm-hmm. that's money. It's time. Yeah. Specifics cost money. If you'd said, it, it, you know, okay, three people walking down the street, easy. Three women walking down the street, still easy. Three old ladies dressed in sequins walking down the street, okay. Specifics cost money. So now we're not just saying 1960s. We're saying 1963, I think. 1964, but I don't know. We're saying yeah. We're saying a specific year, country. We're saying a specific year. We're saying and a, location and location. We're saying Northern Virginia. So all of the cars would have been within a very specific pay band. Mm-hmm. There would have been a very, very, uh, and they were. They were all Chevys and Dodges. Like they were all very, very, and so forget for a second. How many car clubs do you have to hit up to find a parking lot full of 1960, uh, 1957 to 1964? A bunch. I mean, and the thing is, they couldn't be Dodge Chargers and Chevy Impalas because that's not who would have. That's not the government. Yeah. Now specifics cost money. So now, when when you see her walking through the uh, walking through the the car lot, and it's like 57, 54, 63, like all these old Chevys and Dodges. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be muscle cars, even though they were yeah, time appropriate. They weren't uh, appropriate for, for that uh, for that parking lot for, class. The, for that class exactly. So, same thing. Um, now, something that would have gone their way is that every single man, and this it made me laugh every time you saw it. Every single man in the entire movie was wearing a white button-down shirt and a dark tie. Oh yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. So sometimes specifics go in your like. Favor. It, if you watch, it's hysterical. If you go back and watch the Kennedy, uh, the Kennedy stock footage of him, we choose to go to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Mm-hmm. And you, you watch the color of them. Every single person in that crowd, every single one is wearing a white button-down shirt, and that's just, oh, it's it's just a sign of the times. Mm-hmm. And this movie nailed that. So in some ways, like that, suits are easy, white yeah. shirts are easy. That's just thing with clothes. The cause... fashion, the fashion wasn't the, but yeah, the cars. Mm-hmm. The street shots. Now, I will say, if you noticed, they didn't do many of them. They were that on. They they stayed in Langley on the campus because they mm-hmm. could control that. They did go into do a couple of scenes in the bus. Yeah. But I will say that that's almost easier to do because then you get one bus. You can green screen out the windows. Yep. And you can do. I don't know that that's what they did for the record. Yeah. But, but uh, they did outside of the church. That's a church picnic club. Partly. Yeah. Like. Should be I heard. But. The short answer to your question that I've already spent way too much time answering is that period pieces are remarkably difficult and remarkably expensive because, back to the top, specifics cost money. Mm -hmm. If we, if you and I were going to write a movie that took place in Northern Virginia in 2021, we don't have to do much because anything we shoot is accurate. But if you and I wanted to, I was... uh, did you ever watch the Wonder Years? Do you know what the Wonder Years is? I do not know. When I was a kid, there was a show that came on the air in 1988. I was six years old. It's how Fred Savage got his start. Fred Savage's little brother was Ben Savage. Ben Savage, we know from uh, from Boy Meets World and then Boy mm-hmm. Meets Girl, but uh, Girl Meets World. Anyway, 
Fred Savage. Uh, it was an amazing show. It was from 1988 through 1990 something, and it was a period piece of 20 years earlier because mm-hmm. it was talking about Vietnam and all the things yes, going yeah, on in yeah. the 60s. If you and I were st- started making it that right today, we're like we are going to do a remake. We are sorry. We are going to do a remake of the Wonder Years, and it's going to be talking. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. If we were to make a 20 year ago, that's 2001. Yeah. Now, in a lot of ways, that wouldn't be the world that would really remarkably limit what cars we could use. Yes. But not in an easy way, because in some ways, doing a 1957 Chevy would be easier than doing a 2001 Impala or 2001 Mazda. Yeah. You know, because those cars weren't saved. If we wanted to do cars from the late 90s to the early, like, those cars weren't pretty they're not classics yeah, they were pretty no and so it would be really really hard yeah to do 20 years ago middle middle america because mm-hmm. in many ways 50 years ago is easier uh because those you know car club and you yeah, call yeah. it um but yeah no one says hey look this is my 1999 toyota tercel <laughs> isn't it hot i will also say that i drive a 2000 mercury grand marquee so if that movie gets made, call me. I have the car. <laughs> um, specifics cost money. And if you're tr- the, the more specific you get, you're like, oh, this is a middle class, upper middle class, northern Virginia, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You have just made that. You have said a lot of specifics. Yeah. And those cost money, uh, which is why you try to avoid those unless they are absolutely necessary. Um, yeah, just like when it came down to like the furniture too. Yep. So. Yeah. No, it's, anything is free. A specific thing costs money. Yeah. And that makes know, sense. Yeah. And then another thing I wanted to point out since we are kind of talking about it last week with Bullet, this time, there was sharpie, sharpieing the censored information with people that are with uh, like the information that people that other people don't have clearance for. Sure. And I was just like, why didn't they just use whiteout? First off, because <laughs> like uh, it takes longer. Does it? Yeah. Oh, to dry probably. And it takes longer to do. It's not as fast. And redacting is a uh, it's uh, redacting is a fast process. I see. Because I was like, you can always, well, as you saw in the movie, she you just held she it up cheated. to the light. She cheated, yeah. But Whiteout, I don't think it can do that. Uh, yeah, but again, I don't know when Whiteout, I don't know. I, I will say that I have, I've never seen anything redacted with Whiteout. I've seen things redact, redacted. Uh, and the Whiteout tape that they have now, that didn't come around until I was yeah. in high school. But Well, I did search it up. Whiteout was 1957. Oh, so it was still new. Yeah. But it was before. Yeah, but it was sl- still new. Only those yeah. <laughs> hoity-toity, bougie folks had whiteout. The rest of the hoi polloi were using sharpies. So, what movie are we watching next week, Ronan? Uh, well, I mean, we have two options. Hit me. Well, uh, so it's either Black Klansman, the Black Klansman, okay, or what was the one that you? Pointed? I was saying the yeah. right stuff. So either we follow the NASA line or we follow the Black History Month line. I'll say let's go with the Black History Month. A because it's the same era. Yep. Um. It's the same era. It's interesting, and I'd I'd like to check it. I haven't seen it yet. Have you? I haven't either. So let's say that. Let's watch the Black Klansman. Black Klansman for next week, and uh, until then, I've been Kirk. I've been Ronan, and this is Reels in the Round. And don't forget to check out the NASA live stream tomorrow at three fifty-five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome.